Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, variety is the spice of life, and the KU offense has six ways from Sunday to skin a cat. We continue to combine cliches to discuss how to stop it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On at Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks as always to those making us their first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code Locked On College for 20 bucks off your first purchase. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, and we are looking Lawrence Way as we're getting ready for the Jayhawks. Some things to dive into today. Regarding the Kansas offensive attack, we'll get to a speed trap being set up by their QB and who in red and black could be anticipated to keep up with that guy. And of course, we'll hear from Joey McGuire on the variety of ways that Kansas has found as an offense to skin an opponent. And we'll revisit a couple of subjects from a week ago. You had some swaps really on both sides of the line of scrimmage in the trenches and on the back end of that tech defense. And we'll take a look at how they performed through one game but let's kick it off with some focus on the Jayhawk offensive side of the ball Chris and some perspective on that from Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire there's as multiple as anybody in the country um, there's never going to be a time to where they're just going to line up uh, they're going to shift they're going to motion they're going to shift into a wildcat formation with their two running backs four and 20 uh, they'll have 12 in the backfield um, they're going to run some option. They're going to run the outside zone. They're going to take shots off the option. Um, they just, you know, they find ways to uh, create explosive plays. Uh, you look at their quarterback. Uh, he was at North Texas, and, you know, I remember him in high school, uh, you know, when he's battled to where he's been a starter, and then he's, you know, got beaten out, and then he's been a starter. And, you know, they lose their quarterback, and they – you know, Bean has really stepped up. He's a great athlete. He's extremely fast. Um, there's probably two people on our team that can run with him. One is Miles Thompson, and the other one is Tyler Owens. After that, you know, he's he's the fastest guy, one of the fastest guys in the in the conference. And so it says about a lot about their coaching staff. Sounds like a handful, Chris, and maybe a gray <laughs> hair kind of week uh, for an opposing defensive coordinator. You know, as I was thinking about the, the the week ahead for for all the teams, I mean, for the two teams that we spend the most time of, you're, yeah, you're facing the the Lions in basketball, the the Jayhawks, and then the Spartans on on Sunday with San Jose State <clears throat> coming into town. And yet, this bean uh, this bean is the biggest problem, uh, I, I think. Uh, and the Jayhawk actually is the least scariest of all the all the mascots <laughs> that you're that you're going to be dealing with. Uh, um, yeah, they, uh, you know, Kansas's offense is, uh, it, it's kind of interesting because I don't know that they have real guys like running it. Okay. And what I mean by that is like Devin Neal could play for anybody really in the country. I think Daniel Hyshaw could play for a lot of teams in the country. I think Jason Bean, while he's not Jalen Daniel, he's really turned himself into, I think, one, uh, just a, I, th I think he's doing his part. Um, he's not being asked to necessarily win games. He's not losing them, though. But he's really turned himself into a pretty good pocket passer. And um, and, and he is one of the fastest guys you'll ever see. I mean, I, I now 
and I will say this, uh, he was last year. This year, you know, he's he he came out of the game last week, got dinged up in the, you know, a knee issue. And um, I thought, uh-oh, um, he came right back in. But he was, you know, not quite the explosive athlete. But I'll also tell you that it's – they don't have anything behind him right now. So I don't know if they're going to run him as much. You know, Cole Ballard mm. uh, is, is the is a walk-on true freshman quarterback uh, whose dad is the general manager for the Indianapolis Colts. But that's all that's behind Jason Bean right now. And he came in, Ballard came in for a play, but I just don't think they're they're gonna put, you know, Bean in too much harm's way unless it's like a you know short yardage or goal line or whatever. So you may not see a lot of that speed, like in theory. But I like he that is, theory, by the yeah, way. I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Fan. That's right. I mean that does sound like something that could I don't know if it limits them entirely, but we're talking about this variety of ways they can attack you. Maybe that's one that's a little lessened or impacted? I don't know. Yeah, you know, m- maybe. I, I think, it, it, but the, the still, the, the problem is, and what I mean by this, they don't necessarily call runs for him. I think <clears throat> I think they still will, when you get inside the red zone around the goal line or when you're in, in, in red zone and, like, you know, he can kind of run it and then just go out of bounds without, like, having gotcha. to take a shot. I think th- those are still in play. But – and I'm sure that if you flush him out of the pocket, he'll still, you know, take uh, take what what is given. But yeah, I mean, it maybe not quite as explosive. I think that's a net positive for for Texas Tech. But maybe he's perfectly healthy and he's just fine now. And maybe all, all, everything that I've said is off. But I, based on the, the the shot he took to the knee, but I still just don't think they want to chance it with him because they're they're one game out of a spot in Arlington. Yeah. And they have nothing behind him but a true freshman. And we've seen what that show looks like for for Texas Tech. And it's not a knock on true freshman per se. It's just that's a lot to ask a quarterback on a, on a big, big stage. Uh, so, uh, but the, their their offense is, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of eye candy, man. Bells and whistles times 10. And, <laughs> and they... They they ideally what their goal is is for you to go. Gosh, we can't follow all this stuff. Let's just simplify and play a base defense so nobody gets screwed up. And that's exactly what they want you to do. Because then now they've got you. Now they know where everybody's going to be, and they know how to attack uh, whatever you're going to line up in base. And I think Tim DeRuiter's goal this week will be okay. You're trying to stress us out. We're going to have a stress contest because I'm going to do things to try to stress you out. I'm going to try to line up in different things, show you different looks, cloud the picture for the quarterback and, and, and all those things and see if you can't. Because Jason Bean, I'll, I'll say this, he had he started every game since, since Jalen Daniels went out versus BYU in late September. And so he's really been the starter here for five or six weeks. He doesn't throw a ton of touchdown passes. You look at his numbers and it's like 10 touchdown passes, four interceptions. Five of those came against uh, – a loss, you know, versus Oklahoma State, and so he he's not, you know, necessarily going to drop back and just hammer you with thread the needle and all that. They they live off of screwing you up and then busting a, a an explosive play, option double reverses, um, you know, like we're going to outshift you and then we're going to leak the fullback out and like they did last year with Jared Casey on a fourth and one, and then in 66 yards later, the fullback, the chunky fullback's running down the field for a touchdown. I mean, th- th- that's what they live off of. They really manufacture 
offense, but they do have some really good players. Uh, I mean, Devin Neal ran for nearly 200 yards against you last year. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm just telling you, it's gonna be a, gonna be a problem. Well, I, I was curious to ask you we, all these variety of ways. Great, but there still has to be a bread and butter. And I, I was a little curious what maybe I thought it was because you have seen some, sort of some wild variations statistically. There's a 410 yard passing day. There's a 225 yard rushing day. Then there's a 90 yard rushing day. They just came off 74 against the Cyclones. Is there a bread and butter or what comes to mind if you really think, all right, crunch time, what do they like best? What are they leaning on? First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book and the official sports book of Locked On. And fall is in the air. Helmets are on heads. Briskets are on smokers. And the action is with America's number one sports book. And there's never been a better time to join in on that action than right now because new FanDuel customers can bet only $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. So dive in and join in on the fun with FanDuel by downloading their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where you can bet on all things under the sports sun. And when you're a winner, you're always paid instantly with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to bet five bucks and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. What comes to mind if you really think, all right, crunch time, what do they like best? What are they leaning on? Well, I, I think they're going to lean on the run game. I, I think that's what that that's what Oklahoma State uh, basically said. Mike Gundy went into that game, and, and Kansas lost this one. But Mike Gundy's basically deal was, and I think I think uh, Brent Venables kind of did the same thing. They basically were like, "We will do everything we can to to stop and limit this running game. We're going to make Jason Bean beat us." And 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 I think that in both of those games. He he made mistakes, and he made – now, in the Oklahoma game, he was able to live to, to tell about it. But, you know, they – you know, against Oklahoma State, he throws for five touchdown passes, but he threw a crucial interception at the end. My point of saying all that is their bread and butter is absolutely a running game, in my opinion, in a, in a variety of different ways. It's getting it to uh, Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw, you know, and whether it's option looks, inside zone – um, you know, sweeps, what, whatever it may be. And, and that, that's, that's what they want to live off of. And everything that they do there sets up all the other stuff. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if I've ever seen a two game sequence like this for an opposing offense against central Florida. They pass for 91 rush for 399. move forward to Oklahoma state. They throw for 410. They rush for 90. I mean, it's like, Night and day, yin and yang, and I don't think that's necessarily the way you would draw it up if you're an offensive coordinator. Let's just be good at everything all the time, but this is the real world, so uh, I guess you got to make some adjustments. You know, you were talking about confusing their quarterback or stressing their quarterback. I would have said coming into the year for Texas Tech's defense, and I'll use this term again, given how many gray hairs those guys supposedly had on that side of the ball, you had a lot of experience, a lot of age. I know some of that has been in flux guys like Ben Roberts being thrown into the mix so early on. But I would have thought, you know, this is probably a group where a defensive coordinator can ask some things of them. I don't know if I'd use the word exotic or anything like that, or I don't want to say complicated, but how have you seen it from your perspective? Has Coach DeRuiter been able to put maybe a little bit more on these guys' shoulders because of some of the experience they've brought? Yeah, I, I think so, because that's his scheme. Um, I, I think he, ultimately his scheme is – 
we're I think it's very it seems to me from the outside looking in very complex because like what is their base uh defense well they don't really have one because what what he'll tell you is and what's even written in the game notes is we're multiple which means you know you can be a four-man front a three-man front and all those things and there's so many guys that are hybrid types uh that that I think that's it's just kind of a lot there's a lot of gray area going on and that the point of that is is that they want to change up what they're doing a lot within a game and be good at a variety of things within a game because that way the quarterback or the OC or whoever can't get a beat on you now in theory some of this uh works better times than others and um you know I I just think but you're you're trying to he tries to put a lot of athletes and range on the field at once. And then, yeah, you do ask a, a lot of them and you, you know, and, and I think that the change we'll get into this in a little bit, but the, the, the swap with Baskerville and Tyler Owens is a prime example of that trying to figure out, you know, where to get your speed and where to get your length and, and, and all those things to where it would better benefit you. But um, they, stopping the run game this weekend will be, and, and a lot of it is on the perimeter. So it's out in space a lot of it, they they create a con. You know, Kansas will create a conflict player to where it's like somebody like Tyler Owens, for example, is going to be out here going, "Okay, I have a decision to make. Here they come, right at me. One's got the ball. One's over here. What do I do?" And and so you know, his speed will need to come into play on the perimeter certainly. But uh, the the running game for Kansas is going to be a problem, I, I think, to try to deal with. Because if if you can hold them to what was it, eighty seven yards, like like TC ran for, you will win. I, I think I'd be betting with you. Yeah, I, I like that bet all day and day if you're holding them to a number like that, feeling good about your chances. Um, yeah, the, the theory thing, in theory, we're going to be smart, we're going to be multiple, and then you begin to think about that Mike Tyson getting punched in the mouth deal. We've all got a plan until you get rocked, and then you've got to adjust. And I, don't, I guess this offense is kind of unique unto itself, for the season, I don't know if you're going to see something of a very similar variety before the year is done. I, I It kind of reminds me, even back in my small little corner of the football world growing up, when the vaunted Dimmit Bobcats would come to town, most likely looking for their first win. And then the D.C. tells you, boys, throw it all out because it's a circus offense this week. We're going to learn something specific for about seven days, and then we've got to move back to regular football offense, I guess. But is there anything else similar to what you'll see Saturday, the remainder of the season, or is this kind of one of those unique unto themselves weeks? It, it really, it, it's really you know one of the more unique ones you'll see in uh, in the Big Twelve and in the in the country. I think just the way that and I'll, I'll be interested to see Andy Kotelnicki is uh, he's been with uh, um, Lance Leipold since Wisconsin Whitewater since I think thirteen. So we're going on about ten years now where they've worked together. I think he's in line for some opportunities. Uh, so is Lance Leipold, for that mm-hmm. matter. Um, yeah. If if they so choose to, you know, cash in off of their performance here, um, and especially considering, the, here's the here, I don't want to bury the lead here because Jalen Daniels was the preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. We're just like, all right, say la vie. <laughs> and and he hasn't played since he got knocked out of that. Uh, I don't know if he got knocked out or he just didn't even start it, but that BYU game back in late September, and it's been a back issue ever since. There's lots of theories there about Jalen Daniels, but bottom line is Kansas has just kind of said, "Hey man, let's let's roll," and they've just won and won and won and won. They're undefeated at home. Um, 
but it's a very unique scheme. Um, and, and they, you'll, you'll see it when you watch it. Cause it's like, I mean, there's just dudes moving all over. They don't just, as Joey said a second ago, they don't just like break the huddle and then go line up. <laughs> you know, that just, that's yeah. just the beginning. <laughs> and it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline and, and, you know, coordination to get everybody, you know, because they're trying, a lot of times they're just going to run the same stuff out of a variety of formations, but they're switching things up and they're trying to test, you know, you're, you know, okay, d- d- does he know who he's got now? And and that's what, you know, if you're Tim DeRuiter, you're working on all week, you know, basically trying to maybe simplify some, but still do what you do. And yeah, um, because they're moving their backs, their tight ends, the receivers all over the place uh, before every play. You make me think uh, of Jurassic Park. They're uh, probing the fence for weaknesses, and I'll be the Australian <laughs> or New Zealander that says, they remember. So let's just hope that we're not caught off guard. <laughs> All right, that should be really interesting to watch for a week, I guess, and then we get back to something maybe a little bit more traditional. Yeah, um, pro-style type stuff. Yeah, there's college- no- yeah. Go ahead. We, we've well, talked about the word discipline, right? This week already, just in two shows, discipline has been a theme, I think. Do your yeah, job well, type stuff. I- I agree. And and it is, um, you know, but I mean, like Central Florida will be more of a spread offense. Texas will be more of a a, a pro style, you know, and who, who knows who their quarterback will be. And that, that's obviously a couple of weeks away. But yeah, this one will require a lot of discipline. But it's also, you know, it's one thing when the scheme is good, but also, you know, when they've got real guys running it, that's yeah. what also makes it scary. Like when OU was running the wishbone, the scheme was scary, you know, uh, but when, you know, in like Nebraska, same way. <laughs> yeah. But then they had like Heisman candidates at quarterback yeah. and running back that are running. And you're like, okay, well, that's really a problem. Now. Even if you play it perfectly, you still got to deal with these guys. <laughs> yes, yes. And, it, and we're not yeah. to that extent with Kansas, but I mean, I think right. that there's a, a similar premise there. <laughs> uh, let's stick with some of this focus, particularly on the defensive side. We've got some room for an offensive mention as well as we wrap it up here with a swap report. First, today's episode brought to you by Game Time, and you shouldn't have to sweat it out when buying tickets to your favorite events, and with Game Time, you won't, because it's always a breeze. Using the Game Time app, where you're going to find killer last-minute deals, views from every seat, and their lowest price guarantee. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it begins, which means Game Time is the place to find last-minute seats for any event. The fastest, easiest way to buy tickets, and not just fast, but it's also secure and simple to use when you download the Game Time app. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, creating an account, and then use our code Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. That's Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E. Locked On College for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use our promo code Locked On College. For $20 off. Download the Game Time app today for last minute tickets at the lowest price. Guaranteed. Wrap it up here with a swap report. We've had a couple of positions that saw some changes going into the Texas Christian game. One did happen along the offensive line with Dennis Wilburn and Rusty Stats. Um, would love for you to chime in on that, Chris, if there's anything to chime in about. It seemed like it went okay given what they were able to do on the ground, I guess. But a little bit more interesting to me because of you know, the Wilburn thing or the previous experience at center and what stats had at right guard as well, I guess, allowed me to sort of uh, kind of gloss over, um, you know, how significant that change could be. Maybe I was wrong in doing that. But defensively, I felt 
a little bit more intrigued by that. I know they're not just wildly different positions, but the Baskerville Owens swap got my attention a little bit more. And I'm wondering now after uh, one game in the books, uh, what you thought the tape told on uh, how it actually went. Yeah, you know, I I think the uh, I think like especially the week like this, getting Tyler Owens uh, closer to the line of scrimmage and on the perimeter and things like that. I think his speed because he's one of the few he's one of the guys. If you heard earlier in the show that Joey mentioned, you know, Jason being in a race and we got Tyler Owens, and we got Miles Thompson and who are on our team. And Miles Thompson, people are like, who's that? Well, he's he's redshirting. He was uh, came here from uh, Iowa and he's a, a track dude. Uh, but he's he hasn't played yet. So Tyler Owens is literally the only guy on your team that Joey feels like could could handle the, the Kansas QB in a race. But getting his speed and athleticism closer to the line of scrimmage, I think, was the the goal here. And he, you know, he had five tackles, tackle for a loss, and all those things. But I I do wonder if if you know, and 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 Tim or Joey would have to be the one to to really speak on this. But I I do think that Amani Bailey not you know, getting going for the most part, a lot of that has to do with maybe having, having more run support up there with Tyler Owens too. And like containing uh, when it, when it, you know, when things are, you know, being threatened to being popped to the outside and things like that. So, and, and I thought, you know, you played a one high safety look a lot against TCU. <clears throat> I thought, you know, Dadron Taylor Demerson really, you know, Rat, rabbit had, he had the two picks, he dropped one, he could have had, you know, he, uh, you know, he dropped – well, he, he actually had three, but one of them didn't count because of penalty, but then he dropped maybe one or two others. Um, yeah, and I think so, he could have had a four-piece on the night. That's Yes, <laughs> McNuggets, man, four-piece <laughs> McNugget. Just throw it in there, man, with the quarter pounder, right? Yeah. Um, and, of course, I want fries. Why are you asking? Um, uh, but, uh, I yeah, so I, I don't know if we've seen enough. I think this week will be a bit uh, of a different test. Uh, this quarterback is a bit more experienced. He's more of an athlete. You were going against Josh Hoover, who was a, a younger guy and all that. Uh, but TCU's running game was legit, but so was Kansas's, maybe even more so. So, well, I, I re- and, and and I think, well, to your point on the other position switch, I think you're you're you know you kind of brought this up to me. He's like, man, maybe, maybe that is why Taj Brooks had such a good game. I mean, statistically, it was great. And then you brought this wisdom up to me uh, that we were going over some numbers off the air and it kind of resembled feast or famine. You already talked about uncharacteristically a couple of negative gains there for Brooks. Uh, We had some smaller gains and then you had some chunk plays and that's what totaled your rush total. I know people are thinking, well, what else would total your rush total? All your rushes, genius. Um, But it was sort of a feast or famine. It wasn't just a lot of fives and sixes all night with no chunks or no negatives. There's like a group of negatives, a group of chunks. So I I don't really know what to make of that. Um, But I guess you got through it. You got to win. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I back to the Wilburn and Stats thing. I I just think some previous experience at those spots and how good Wilburn was there maybe gave you a little advantage, you know, right out of the gates making that change to be better quicker uh, than what you were going to do defensively. The defensive thing is so interesting, Chris, because you do like what you did against that ground game, 87 yards for them. That's just around a three uh, yard per carry average. And maybe you got some additional help with Owens at the line of scrimmage, but 353 through the air for the Horn Frogs was your second worst statistical day of the year. And so I'm kind of, again, the dichotomy of trying to figure out, all right, what did we gain or maybe what did we lose? I don't know. And maybe it's just a, a one week type of result, but, it's really interesting because statistically, for whatever it's worth, even in a win, 
uh, you had a rough day as far as pass coverage is concerned. Yeah, and, and, and maybe what you gained was turnovers. I mean, maybe that's what, sure. you know, and if that's the case, I think you're willing to give up 350 through the air if you can get some yes. takeaways in there and, and could have had more. But, yeah, that's that's a, it's a very fair point. And you know, speaking of running the ball, uh, a wise man once told me you can't really run the ball if you don't. So right, you have down. to stay – yeah, you stay. Have, you have to stay committed to it. Yes. The, the point I'm about to bring up is, is there sometimes where it's not going to work? You know, we all know the fourth and one, you know, run didn't work. Oh, play call, terrible. Well, any time the, the play call on a fourth and one doesn't work, the play call was terrible. I mean, it's right. obvious. Um but yeah, I mean, here here was some data for you here on Taj Brooks's night. Uh, you know, he went for 31 carries, 146 yards, and then and he had the touchdown. 14 of these 31 carries went for two yards or less because what every coach will tell you that is about to play Taj Brooks, and I think what Kenny Perry has said is that what makes him so good is he doesn't take negative plays. He's always moving forward. He he gets north south. There's not much east west there. He scores his shoulders and it and it's 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 positive. And you can't go broke making making profit after one after another. Okay. But he took some negative plays here or some no gains. This was the first time we'd really seen this. And there was a bunch of them. So 14 of his carries were were of two yards or less. Nine of those 14 were for zero or negative yards. Again, this has not happened <laughs> all year. And there was a bunch of these. But I think because you stay committed to it, you know, this is what allows you to pop some of them too. Um, because the flip side is he had seven rushes of nine or more yards. Um, you know, runs of 14, 16, 19, 20. Uh, eight, of those, uh, eight of those nine give you a first down. So I think it was. It was a lot of eh, or a lot of okay, and there wasn't there wasn't you know because you look up and it's like what five yards of carry ish, right. and it's really zero ish or or ten ish. That's how you get your five yards uh, carry on this night. And you know I, I do think thirty one carries is you because you, he only had I think he had eleven carries of those twenty or those thirty one in the second half. Because I mean, he gets tired, sure. you know. Um, he, you know, and, and with what everything else you're asking him to do. So, but I, I, the question was really about, you know, Rusty and and I think Dennis, and, and Rusty had played right guard for for Kitley. I think he had that bionic arm brace on there. I thought he did a decent job. The only matchup that I'm worried about those guys remaining in the season is against Texas. We'll get to that when when it gets here. But Texas has two superhuman defensive tackles that are just a problem that basically lived in the Kansas state backfield. But I think you'll, you know, you'll, you'll be okay versus Kansas and central Florida. Um, and, and I think th those guys, cause I, I mean, D Dennis and Rusty are grown men. Um, I think they're both dinged up a little bit and, and doing the best they can, but uh, yeah, kudos to them for opening up some holes for Taj Brooks when they were there because they weren't always there. And we're focusing in on on these two as a big significant change. And meanwhile, Jacoby Jackson's just over there, like, uh, hey, you know, I've only been here for about forty eight hours too, as far as <laughs> starters, whatever it's been since Cole Spencer's been out. But yeah, you've had quite a bit of change uh, as far as three of the five are concerned as you hit the home stretch of the season. All right, plenty more to say on this one as we roll through the week and looking forward to tomorrow's episode because it will be 
a game day episode. Hoops is upon us. It is Texas Tech and Texas A&M commerce coming up tomorrow. So join us for an action-packed electric setup as we get ready for Grant McCaslin's real debut. And uh, man, gave us something to chew on when we got a little taste last time around in Denton. So it's been a long week and a half. Uh, to wait to see them in person. But looking forward to it. We'll have plenty on that matchup as we get ready for tip-off and continue to look ahead to Red Raiders and Jayhawks. Chris, appreciate the time and insight as always, man. Enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Keep hope alive, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Always there free and available so you never miss an episode. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we'll see you right back here for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech. <laughs> 